Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched The Book of Life, directed by Jorge R. Gutierrez, and released in 2014. The plot of The Book of Life goes something like this. In the Mexican town of San Angel, Manolo, Maria, and Joaquin have been friends since childhood. The rulers of the underworlds decide to wager on which of the men will marry Maria. Yeah, so we went to see this today. It did take forever to come out in Australia. I yeah. mean, forever. I saw this, like, months ago all over Tumblr. Well, I would think it would have come out around November 2nd. Just as yeah. a guess. Yeah, probably. But it se- does seem like it's been it's been forever. Mm, and we finally came out now. Here. And it, w- it played to a mostly empty cinema here. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday. Mm. So it, I don't think it's been very well hyped. Or, um, I, I actually think there's a bit of a, a thing where any movie that's American that's slightly ethnic in any way does not get any kind of backing or release here. Like, and it, we don't get a lot of the um, – we talked about it before, like black movies don't come out here. Mm-hmm. Like America, other, other – any culture that's American that's not white gets really like short-shifted in the Australian market. I don't know about other markets, but in ours it really does. Yeah, and the trailer for this looked really great. Um, I was a little disappointed. I don't think the movie matched up to the trailer. No. <laughs> for one thing, the main plot is pretty insulting, but also it's it's really unfocused mm. is the main sort of gist I got from it. Like it kind of threw everything at the screen to see what worked, like in terms of the plot. So they were like, and these side characters, and these side characters, and here's some more side characters. And What I don't know is if it's an original story or if it's based on a, an old folktale fairy tale. I don't know that either, um, but I was, like you, kind of disappointed in its gender politics. It was just very, had some very traditional ideas and some kind of well, it keep, icky it, jokes. It was sort of like it kept trying to fight against those, but then just didn't, like just sort of gave up on that. Yeah, like the, our lead, um, Zoe, Zoe Saldana's character, Maria, is kind of, you know, spunky and feisty and I don't belong to anybody and all this kind of stuff, but they keep kind of... And she fights, but they somehow get her back in line. Like somehow she has to be rescued. Somehow she has to be married. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 that's the problem is that it seems to keep going off in a different direction. And then it just keeps coming back to this like very boring kind of two men fight over one woman thing. Yeah. And like they keep, she keeps telling them she doesn't belong to them and then they just keep ignoring it. And the only way to really make that work is if at the end she had gone, look, I don't want to marry you. Mm. I have said many times I don't belong to you. I have told you many times to stop fighting over me. I do not want to marry you. And then they had gone off to have adventures or something. Right. And then they, but no, no, they, it would have been really nice if it went off that way. The reason I asked originally is if it was an old folktale, perhaps that's how it's that's how the fairy tale plays out. But even if it but is, I, we keep remaking fairy tales all the time. You don't have to stick to the fairy tale ending mm. for it to work. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it just didn't have to. It, like it, the best way to do it was would have just been for Maria to say, "No, I am not going to marry." Well, you. I wanted them all to li- like not just her. I wanted all three of them to leave the town and go and live their lives in you know other places, doing other things and having adventures. That's what I really wanted for them. Like, no, I-, I wanted all three of them to go off and have adventures together and be like, because then hmm. there's like you you still leave it open for the possibility of one day her marrying one of them if she wants to, right? But it doesn't mean that she has to choose one of them and they have yeah. to compete for her. Because that would be that would be I think that would be like the happy ending mm. without them having to do the marriage thing. Is right. them all going off to have adventures together rather than yeah? But the the happy ending is for all of them is to get out from under the shadows of their parents, right? And to get out of the town and but they they kind it's kind of seems torn between letting these kids go off and do their own thing and the value of leaving and 
doing, seeing the world. And then the importance of staying in the town because that's the only way you'll remember your ancestors. Like that's the how you remember your roots. Yeah. It's a really, it, it is kind of that thing you were just talking about. about the, it's that whole tension between like this sort of very traditional thing and fighting against tradition, but kind of wanting to maintain the status quo. Mm. Yeah, that's an overwhelming feeling that I got from it was that ultimately it didn't come down on a side. Um, but it was also, I also felt like it was unfocused, like the framing device of it being a story read out. But then like it didn't kind of make sense because all of the, the main characters that you see for the whole movie are like dolls. Mm. And it's so cool the way they're animated and the way they look. I mean, that's the real draw of this movie, isn't it? Like, yeah, the, how just going to see it how it looks. It's incredible looking, mm-hmm. um, like really incredible looking. They put so much effort into all of the designs of everything and everything mm-hmm. is really detailed. I did think it could have used a little bit better editing or something to show that off a little bit more sometimes because mm-hmm. the trailer is actually really well edited, whereas I didn't think the movie kind of built on that that much, like mm-hmm. edited that well to, to make it work, but it did look amazing. You've got like the two main underworld leaders who are La, La Muerta and um, Silbalba. Mm. And Sibalba has little skulls as his, um, like pupils. Yeah. In his yeah. eyes. It's so cool. And both <laughs> of them are just, I, I could watch a whole movie just about them and watch them. Yeah. They're it would be so amazing looking. Mm. Um, and then there's a third one who is, um, Ice Cube and he's like the, the candle maker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, who is pretty cool, but not quite as well designed as the other two, I think. No. He only comes in towards the end anyway. He sort of doesn't have as big a part as they do. Yeah. I also got irritated because uh, there's been a lot of discussion of the um, animation styles of Disney lately and mm. how all of their female characters look the same. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching this movie and all of the female characters in this movie have tiny triangle noses. Mm. Like they all have basically the same nose. The only one who doesn't look exactly the same, like the dead people have no noses. <laughs> Mm. And um and the grandmother, her nose is like turned up a little bit, so you see her nostrils, and yeah. that's it. Everybody else, every other female character has a tiny, dainty triangle nose. I was like, mm. what is that? That is so irritating because the the men have like a huge variety of noses. Yeah. There are some crazy looking noses on this screen. None of them on women. Yeah, I actually didn't notice it while we were watching it, but that's because I was too busy like looking at their tiny, tiny waists that are as wide as a guitar neck. <laughs> yeah. The the waists are um, especially on Maria because her waist is actually skinnier than her upper arm. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and her neck is tiny too. I I, I sort but of. But I mean, there's exaggerated proportions in the men too. Like they have these shoulders that come that go you know as wide as a car or something. Right, but all the the, the women mostly have the same shape. Yes, and the men have a whole variety of shapes. Again, they're they are also all dolls. Yes, but that's not really an excuse for when they're not dolls anymore, and it's the like live action uh, the <laughs> not live action the. Uh, the normal animation. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the outs, the framing the, part, um, and the museum got bit. Yeah. The Christina Applegate voiced character, mm-hmm. um, who I knew like almost as soon as they introduced, I think the the three gods. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's that one, and he's that one. Mm-hmm. Like in instantly, as soon as they introduced them. <laughs> so that was not exactly a twist at the end, but no, no it's for kids. Yeah, exactly. It's not. I, I don't know how I felt about that framing device. It was a bit, it intruded at times. It felt mm. a bit awkward. It got better as the movie went on, I think. I felt like it always intruded. Mm. I never really felt like it was needed. Yeah, I think it would have been just as fun to do the story. But then at the same time, like to ex- explain why they're all dolls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there was. Maybe if that framing device had been better. And there was a whole bit at the beginning explaining about the Day of the Dead and stuff. Yeah. Which is, I guess, for because it's English speaking and it's, I guess, made for an American audience. 
Yeah, when I first looked at the town, I didn't realize that it's a guitar and also a skull. Oh, I like definitely knew guitar. it was a guitar. I didn't pick the skull until later on. I don't know. I just felt I just, like... I'm sorry. I just found this picture of Channing Tatum doing his voice work, and I think you have to see it. <laughs> Channing Tatum did a good job in he this He did. Movie. Obviously, that the character of Joaquin is a gift. Because <laughs> it's Rogelio. Rogelio from Jane the Virgin. Yeah, he's so similar to Rogelio, um, to Rogelio from Jane the Virgin, who is like my favorite thing on Jane the Virgin. So yeah. I really enjoyed him. I did think it was kind of like, I don't know, the, the direct opposition between Manolo and Joaquin. I thought it would be more interesting if they were more... If there was more of a tension, like genuine mm. kind of, she might marry. Well, yeah, one. there's never any doubt as to which one she's gonna go for. Yeah, I know, and and also I don't know it. They didn't spend much time on Manolo and Joaquin's relationship either. Mm. I was thinking a lot about um. And at the end, they actually like they team up, and it's nice. And I was thinking about um um Road to El Dorado. Yeah, because Road to El Dorado. <laughs> is uh, also sort of a Hispanic kind of animated movie mm. with Spanish people, but, you know, similar kind of idea in some ways. But it's also like the, it's a similar setup for the relationships. Like you've got the two guys and the one girl and and mm. that tension. Uh, I just think Road to El Dorado might have – I don't remember actually remember how it solved it though. Resolved the issue because I'm in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, they just all went off to have adventures together. But one of them might have gotten the girl, and I don't remember it. Yeah, I just the way that right at the start they have, oh, this is an old human dilemma, and they one of them will marry her, and like I'm like, why? Why yeah, would she? Why would she marry? Why? Why would a like an eight year old girl get married to one of two guys in her hometown who she's friends with? Like, why? How do the you tell that? Babies, and she goes away for years. Right. There's no reason why this would be the case. Right. And she's like pretty and smart and talented and, and educated. And everything. Well, yeah. It really irritates yes. me. I hate that kind of like, cause Perfect the thing is you characters. have to give yeah. characters flaws. Like I understand that you're trying to make her a strong female character, but strong female character doesn't mean that she has zero flaws. Exactly. That doesn't, that's not how that works. It's mm. just really frustrating because she's like, oh, she's beautiful and she's smart and she can sword fight and she does kung fu. Yeah. It's just too, it's pedestal. And, and then she, at the end, she just ends up settling for a guy just because he went to the underworld for her. Whatever. Yeah. And, and you getting know married to like Megara. Town. Who? Megara from Hercules. They're both the tiny, skinny women and they both get saved from the underworld by their heroes and no. then they end up with them. Although Megara was a lot more flawed and a lot more interesting than Paul Yeah. Maria. And she just doesn't have any of the, like, it's, it's, too, it's, it does smack of movies made by men, stories written by men about the animated women. Hercules. You know, the Disney one. Right. Yeah, I, st- I still can't I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's been years since I saw that. Okay. I just, I realized I, yeah, that I was, you had no my, idea what I was talking about. My brain about. was going to Kevin Sorbo. It really yeah. was. But I was. <laughs> I know. I, I realized that you had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> okay, cool. It has a good art style, the, the Hercules yeah. movie, and it has a lot of really cool ideas in it. But yeah, it's a, it's not a great one either. Anyway. um, Yeah. I, I What else can I say about this movie? I mean, it's so... I found it really frustrating and boring at times. <sighs> yep. I definitely looked at my watch. But it should have been really interesting. But it was like when they, when they had a good idea, they would kind of focus on it for like half a second and then get lost. Like the, the way they kept using pop songs in yeah, the movie. Yeah, what was that about? But they also mixed it in with songs written for the movie and it just kind of showed up how weak the songs written for the movie really were. Yeah. And they were not good songs. But And then it also had all this um, out of copyright music, like really famous classical music. And they did have Placido Domingo doing a voice. So I totally get why they had him sing some cool opera stuff. And he was really good. I had no idea until the end that he's a really good actor. 
But yeah, I mean, he I did guess, a good voice acting. I guess if you're a, a opera performer, you do have to act as well as sing, but you don't really think of opera performers as opera singers as actors, but he was, and he did a really good job of it. I yeah. actually didn't notice his name in the credits, so I didn't know it was him until I, you told me just now. A lot of There's a lot of, like, really is famous... Is he the, the grandfather, the, um, uh, uh, the, the weird pirate. uncle who wanted to sing in the opera? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with the piratey uncle with the That's limbs the chopped off. I mean, obviously, he was a good opera singer. I just thought they were using somebody else's voice for the opera and, and another person to mm. do the voice acting, and I didn't see his name in the credits. I saw a couple of other names in the credits, but I, I, I was talking to you. I was kind of got distracted when it said Diego Luna, and I was like, yeah. wouldn't it have been great if it was Diego Luna and Gael Garcia Bernal as the two leads, <laughs> and that would be adorable, but it wasn't. Yeah, but, I mean, this is, this is a very Channing Tatum-y role. Like, this is the kind of roles he plays really well in live action, so... Yeah, I it wasn't suited him really well. Saying that he, it was bad, it's just I just thought it would be cute if yes, they were. That would well, I think it would have been cute if it had an all Mexican cast or an all, at least all South American cast. I uh, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, the the people that they chose did a good job. Mm. Like Ron Perlman was really good as well. Yeah, that was another role he's kind of born for. Yeah, exactly. Like the Silva was very much a Ron Perlman esque mm. person. I I just I really wish it had been more of them, Silva and La Muerta. Yeah. They were so good. They were so like, and their relationship was more interesting and mm. the concept of them as being these old marrieds who have been married forever mm-hmm. and they're constantly like fighting with each other is an interesting one. But again, she falls into the same trap of being perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his mother falls into the same trap of yeah. being perfect. They're all it's very frustrating. Madonna's, except for the grandma. Grandma Sanchez, who's like, the best one. <laughs> she's the savior of the whole film because she is hilarious. Oh, that was the other thing in her. The references that they make, like they make references to like elevators and all this modern stuff in yeah. the movie, like which gives it a kind of a Shrekky vibe. Mm. But the thing is, that I don't know how well it works in this story because Shrek is very much like they're ogres, mm. so you don't know when it's set. Yeah, right. It's kind of set in this fairy tale esque world but you don't know when it's set but book of life is clearly supposed to be set before like in the past before mm. now yep. and like there's a revolution and all that sort of stuff it, it's got a time frame on it yeah and uh probably it, the 1840s or so is that when the what was the mexican revolution that uh, i'll look it up never mind. but that's the thing is it's because it's got that time frame on it and it's got the framing device so they already like it feels like the the characters might be telling the story to the kids in like you know using references that they'd understand which is yeah. kind of a weird it it just brings you out of it a little bit when they do that because it does it has a very specific kind of historical setting and i was exactly going to say that too cuz i actually liked the historical setting and it would have worked better if it was just they didn't try and meddle, meddle with that cuz cuz yeah it doesn't make quite as much sense and it's not like quite like aladdin where only one character makes constant references to things outside of his time and place and he is a magical genie yeah who clearly li- exists out ti- outside yeah. of time and space mm-hmm. like this is everybody is making these references and it doesn't really like why would they know what an elevator is that doesn't make any sense things so like the that mexican revolution just fyi between 1910 and 1920 so it's set like 1920s which makes kind of a lot of sense yeah, it does. It's kind of post-colonial, but but they still have elevators then, so I'm wrong. Recent enough that well, yeah, I guess it's but it is kind of it's old enough to make the traditionalness of it because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there that's very very traditional and not I, like I imagine Day of the Dead is kind of different nowadays than it was then, and so they picked a time frame where the these kind of village traditions were still more. Uh, in place than they are now. I do like the concept that they were showing up the idea of fathers do what's best for their sons. Mm. And, but, uh, or yeah. Or their kids. Their kids. Their kids. Yeah. But it still does feel like they didn't quite 
focus on that. It feels like we're very unfocused in this. We uh, are the bit, but, oh, but you just made me think though, because maybe that's a thi- like that the timing, the post-revolutionary timing is actually significant in that the sort of the traditional ways of the father and it's the young people who are fighting because he's got cousins who fought in the revolution and maybe there is something to that. There is that kind of passing well, that, of, passing of girls an era. too, that annoyed me because they seemed so cool and then they spent their whole time fighting, talking about this boy said this and then they floated with Joaquin afterwards and I was like, these are revolutionary fighting soldier girls. Why are you doing this? Why do you have to make... I know, but they had to make (laughs) all of the minor girl characters the same character. Yeah. Because there were the four girls who lived in the village as well. The mean girls. Mm. Like, why do you have to make all of the minor female characters the same character? Except for the nuns. I loved the the nuns. nuns. They were my favorite part, I swear. Other than Granny Sanchez. No, no, no. The nuns were my favorite part. I liked Granny as well. But the nuns, just because they would sing... Like random lines out of nowhere. <laughs> and every time they did it, I laughed every time because it was just so odd. And that was like my favorite. I mean, this movie is weird. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching that fight scene. You know what the fight scene reminded me of was, um, the adventures of Baron Munchausen mm. in a very specific way, which is because I watched both and I was like, if you were to take this scene out of the movie and watch it by itself, you would have no idea what was going on. Like, that scene by itself would make no sense whatsoever. Because yeah. you've got, like, dead people, right, who are fighting. You've got these soldiers. You've got that guy who had the medal and who had the, the, the curly hair. and the-, well, the, the dead people made fine sense to me. I was just like, oh, it's Aragorn in The Return of the King. He goes through the paths of the dead and then he brings the army of the dead to help him out. Yeah, I know. But the whole, like, it's not just, it's it's all of them put together and the nuns and the tall uh, yeah. pig and all that stuff. Like, if you if you it's watch brilliant. just that scene out of content, and yeah, I like. I mean, there's so many. It's so weird and so quirky, but it doesn't have something that kind of really holds it all together, like the glue that holds it together to make it really work. There's nothing. Also, no. the pig sounds nothing like a pig. Why does the pig go bleh? It sounds like a sheep. It goes bleh, and it could be funny. Like there could be this cute little animal relationship going on there, and there isn't. No, because they don't give her give her enough time. No, and when she's not, she's, she's in a character other than being the perfect girl. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, that's the thing is that they keep teasing that they might and then they don't give her a character. Just like there's only a couple of fight scenes and every time Manolo's about to fight and then Joaquin comes in and does it and then the end, Manolo, f- oh, I don't know. Yeah. It, and you never really like, you. they they should have given, if they were going to do the relationships, they should have done that better. If they were going to do the crazy underworld, like the um afterlife places, they should have done those with more gusto, I guess. Like they, mm. they they're so such brief periods of time. Actually this whole movie kind of thing is like um Baron Munchausen now that I think about it. <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's that it's got that kind of like epic journey thing going on, but it's not focused on that at all. And then it's mm. got the love triangle thing going on, but it doesn't properly give you Apart from when they're kids, which is not an interesting part of the movie, by the way. They're much more interesting as adults. Yeah, that, well, they, they skipped through that pretty quickly. Thankfully. I felt like it went for a long time. Oh, okay. I figured they, I was like, they've gotten through that quickly. Maybe this is going to get better. I, I was, That's what I said when yeah. Manolo died. Remember? <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe things are going to start. No, when Maria died, I was like, maybe things are going to mm. pick up now. Like something has to happen now, right? Because yeah. it, it was also episodic pedestrian kind of thing. And it, the thing is, I really, I went into this really wanting to love it a lot. I didn't want to. I wasn't as enamored of it as you were, like beforehand. But I want it to be good because it's one of those things where there's so many things going for it with its female lead and its people of color. No, Manolo's the lead. Manolo's the lead. Yeah, Manolo's the lead character. I was. 
we should just assume Zoe Saldana's character was the lead. No, because that wouldn't make any sense. Manolo's clearly the lead character. Right. Because it's his story. We go under, uh, to the underworlds with him. Fair enough. But th- there are things going for it that would have be- made it, make it really good on paper, but it just doesn't really deliver. No, yeah, it's not cohesive and it doesn't. And, and the thing is, like, there are lots of things I do like about it. I like that it's so steeped in its roots and it really kind of gives you an idea of all of the, the Day of the Dead and the Mexican yeah, celebrations. I love and all the, that stuff. The visuals are just phenomenal, like really, really mm-hmm. amazing, which is why, because I'd seen so many gifts in the trailer and stuff. And the trailer never sort of made it clear that that love triangle was the main no, plot. I, like it's like even the trailers were ashamed of the main plot. I I didn't know anything about it until they actually said it in the movie. And even the way they said it in the movie was kind of just it. They just told you about it. There was no, they there was no way that was set up like at all. You just see these kids mucking around, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, this is a love triangle. Even though they're eight or whatever. Yeah, they we are. had to be told. Like otherwise, it wouldn't have made sense. There, there was no nothing to indicate that that was going to be the plot, and so therefore the central conceit kind of falls apart. There's definitely an interesting story of the two, you know, gods of the underworld meddling in the lives of mortals. That is an interesting story. But I don't think it's necessarily, like, the way this was done is not quite right. I think also that the, um, the thing is they knew what they needed to do to move the story along, but they didn't actually build to it in any way. So, like, when you've got Manolo and Joaquin together, they could have really done a lot to, like, show what their friendship is like without Maria. Mm. as part of, the, you know, as the, the wedge that comes between them and then built up to the point where they're fighting, mm. but they don't. One minute they're together and they're really happy and the next minute they're together and they're shoving each other around mm. and the next minute they're showing each other up and then the next minute. So it, there's no, like, it's not consistent in terms of the characters either. Mm. Like, they basically have these sort of sketch sketchy outlines of the character description. So you've got Manolo, romantic, music lover, doesn't like killing things. You've got Joaquin, um, hero, self-important, you know, and and that sort of thing, like arrogant, right? Mm. And you've got Maria, practically perfect in every way. And so (laughs) there's no like actual kind of what would they do in this situation and what would they do in that situation? What is the thing that brings them together as a group and what is the thing that's driving them apart? Why are they doing this? Mm. And you don't really get any sense of that. Yep. That's absolutely right. The the stories doesn't doesn't hold. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And that's that's. I think the biggest problem is that you have when you have that kind of the the triangle in the middle. You have to make us care about each one of them individually and not just and like put some stakes in there as well. Yeah. Like there was no like you said at the beginning. There's no. We never ever think she's ever going to honestly fall for wacky. Well, when they're tiny babies, maybe. Yeah. But you know, once they become adults, then no, not at all. As, as soon as we start to like. They they play out the characters the way they do. There's not there's nothing in there to kind of. But even at the beginning, you know, because Sebalba's the one who picks Joaquin and mm. and he's uh, the bad guy. and he's the bad guy, even though he's not really a bad guy. But anyway, no. Um, I mean, I guess he is. Oh no, kind of. Ch- it's Ka- more that Kachow. What's his name? <laughs> Ka- oh, Kachow, the, the big monster. Who I wants guess the, is the real bad the, guy. The, the um, metal, yeah. I guess so. He's the kind of the real bad guy. No. Because I'm like, Sibalba's clearly not the bad guy, but when I think about it, no, I just don't feel like he's supposed to be the bad guy. He's just somebody who, like, he he's frustrated with what he's doing and he wants to, you know... Change it up. Change can, it up. Well, and he, he can cheats. see somebody I mean, he cheats to do that, but he's clearly, he's 
obviously forgiven in the end, so he's not really kind of the villain. Well, and you sort of see where he's coming from. Like, he has to live in the land of the forgotten and rule that, and that's really unpleasant. Yeah, but it's his own fault in the first place. La Muerta has, you know, this wonderful, yes, everything he does is kind of reversed. Like, he's not really a big bad going to take the town away kind of thing. He's just messing in their individual lives. Yeah. Although he does kill two of them. Mm. Well, no, no. I'm not saying he's not bad. I'm not saying he doesn't do bad things, but he's only messing in individual lives. He's not trying to destroy a whole town. I love that this is what we were arguing about. He's clearly a bad guy because he kills Manolo. I forgot about that. Yeah, he kills Manolo, but, you know, Manolo you know, fights his way back. And also they make the afterlife look so good. This is the thing. I just couldn't see all these kids being like, yeah, I want to die now. Well, actually, that was <laughs> one of the things I liked about it because it's actually really kind of old-fashioned to talk about heaven and stuff these days because most people, like, we live in, the world's gone real secular. But it's kind of nice to to talk about death and to talk about afterlife, but to to do it in kind of a, firstly, to do it in a very different paradigm to the sort of churchy, traditional, English-speaking way. But, like, it's actually interesting to talk about death and to think about the afterlife. I don't, I don't actually mind thinking about there being a happy afterlife. It's kind of nice. It was, it was a bit, you know, out of the out of left field. It's not something you normally see. But, yeah, they do make death look good. Um, unless you get forgotten. I mean, I, it's mm. certainly an interesting... Uh, well, but also this amount of sympathy about, for the forgotten and things. Yeah, well, that that whole thing about how it's important to... I, I was actually thinking, God, it would be the worst thing ever if you were stuck in eternity with all your relatives, all your ancestors. Well, there's a real lack of fear of death and the dead as well, which mm. is really kind of Well, that's, nice. I think, what I was, was appealing to me because there's so so much fear of deaths death so often and we also watch a lot of movies where there's he never really did in sci-fi kind of thing he does come back but there is like they don't all come back and there are some of them who are dead and who are quite happy to stay dead and then they're yeah. like it's our time i'm happy within five minutes his father and his grandmother die just when- so that they can show up in the afterlife yeah and grandma's like eh, cholesterol <laughs> so odd it's so uh, odd it's such a yeah and then they but i think they just have too many there's too many characters. There's yeah. too many that you, that are supposed to be the fun, cute side characters, and they get confusing. It's, it's like a whole and village full of comic relief sidekicks. Yeah, exactly. And as as you know, beautiful as the animation is, and I love the detail on like you know his mother's skull has all the flowers mm-hmm. carved into mm-hmm. it, and his is really they. I mean, God, it's just so gorgeous. I can't even. Yeah, when he um, died, and you're like upgrade. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Yeah. He looks amazing when he's dead. <laughs> the skeleton version of him is amazing. And like the way they look through the whole thing. I mean, just even, but even the wooden like look of the, the people and the dolls. Yeah. All of it is, is mm. gorgeous. Um, yeah. It, it's a shame that it didn't sort of pull together better. Yeah. There's a good movie in here. It just didn't get to the screen. Yeah. Which is really it sad. It needed I think. a few tweaks, but it, it would have been nice to have to make for this to be better. Yeah, and and but no, it's just forgettable, really. Yeah, it really is because I'm like I'm sitting here. I'm like I we can't watched remember. it this afternoon. Like yeah. within the last three hours, we have watched this movie, and we're sitting here going, "Wait, what happened?" Oh, yeah. And it was and seriously. I can't remember half the movie. It was nice enough, and like if I had, I would probably show it to kids. I think kids would probably get a kick out of it too. But it's not. See, I feel like it was kind of a bit slow for them. I mean, you you have moments that would be really good for kids, but I think a lot of it was a bit just slow and boring for them. And then some parts were maybe, I don't know. I never, that's the other thing is, is it's dealing with some really dark stuff. Mm. And in order to ba- counterbalance that, it seems to go way too light. 
Yeah. And it never really goes dark. But I think, the yeah, the gender politics are a real issue as well. Yeah. I mean, really, really bad. It's interesting, actually, that the kids and, and death thing, because they actually, when at the beginning, they, they, are, they are actually quite small kids going along to Day of the Dead because that's what you do. You go along mm. and you remember your ancestors and it's kind of a, there's a story in there about our formerly... We ha- we've got a worse relationship with death nowadays as a society than we did. We're a lot less close to death nowadays than we used to be. Like we used to be before the days of antibiotics, death was a lot more common and there was a lot more in, in this particular town and this particular culture, they're a lot more open about the dead and remembering the dead than we are. Mm. We really don't um, memorialize people in the same way at all anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think there, that might some- also be cultural. It, it's possible that it's cultural, but even even you know, in sort of the English speaking Western kind of cultures, the relationship with death is not the same as it was back when this was set. Yeah, but it's definitely not the same as the relationship with people who would adhere to this more traditional Mexican culture of remembering your ancestors this way. But what about? I mean, if you look at this movie in comparison to Big Hero Six, right? Yep. Big Hero Six, the main characters, Hiro's brother and parents, have died. Yep. And the whole movie is basically about memorializing Tadashi. Isn't it? In a more yeah. modern way. Like it, it's very similar in its, in terms of its respect for Tadashi and, mm. and the concept of like, you know, moving on and, and still having him with you, even though it's got nothing to do with an afterlife. So I think it's just kind of, I think, uh, kids movies are certainly trying to set, tell the same messages. They just kind of shifted it. Mm. I mean, Protagonists in kids' movies have people Inev- di- close to them die to say, much, much more than any most children in the audience are ever going to have. I guess there's a whole interesting conversation in there about death in kids' movies and how that, like, what does that teach them and how do, do they learn from it? Does is it important? Why do why the hell do we do it? Well, why I mean, half the time it's just to get parent figures out of the way. Yeah, exactly. It's really it's almost lazy. It's like relying on this particular dead parent trope to propel the story forward. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but yeah, the, this movie. I think, but it doesn't focus on that. Again, it doesn't focus on anything, though. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. The main focus of the movie is which of these two dudes is going to win her over. The only really good way of ending it would have been for her to say no to both. Yep. And also that would have meant, you know, write the write your own stories part. That's what she's doing there, clearly. She is going, no, I'm not going to allow God's interference or the fact that you, like, went to the afterlife for me or the fact that you fought off bad guys for me, make my decisions. Like, I'm right. going to make you my guys, decisions. And, and Manolo gets to write his own story and Joaquin gets to write his own story. Why doesn't she? Why yeah. is her story written? Exactly. And it seems like it's trying so hard not to do that and then it just keeps falling into the same traps yeah. over and over again. And ultimately it does take away her agency, but it's also like it makes her, no matter what they try to do with it, an object to be won. Mm. And he wins her just by like loving her more yeah. and by proving Being it more. more aligned with her values. But she she owes him nothing. Mm. And he died. I mean, this is not something that we should be celebrating here. He went and got himself killed so that he could see her again. That's not a good thing. Like, we spent ages criticizing Bella in Twilight for doing exactly that, like nearly dying so that she could see her boyfriend again. So you don't get a pass on that. Mm, No. Anyway, I do. I have a real issue with, like, the way that they treated Maria and the whole concept of everything. Yeah, I was really That storyline is just bad. Don't do it, man. Yeah. Never, ever have two guys fighting over a girl. And if you do, end it better. There's almost no way of doing a love triangle anymore without it 
like you just can't. I mean, no, don't. I don't know. Love triangles are in themselves not the problem. It's the fact that we handle them all the same way all the time that's and, the problem. And it's the fact that we make them – I think it's the fact that we make them so often. They're such a cliché. But I think also like when the situation arises where there's – like if there's two people that you like, that's not that uncommon, mm. right? If there's two people that you like. But it's the concept that those two people are always best friends and then that makes them hate each other and all that sort of stuff. It's really – it's a really negative view of how people Yeah, and relationships work. work. And and the choices that people make, like the the concept of having to win somebody. And that was the biggest problem of all, is the having to win her over and to keep the, the, the pers- being persistent. It, it just reinforces that stereotype that if a girl says no to you, it's just the beginning of a negotiation. It's not, it, it, it's not just a no, move on with your life, try something else. Yeah. Like, and no, like, and she, that's the thing awful. Is that she's just sort of stuck and she really likes both of them. Mm. It's sad for her well, that, that all of this has there's, to happen. There's, and there's part of me that's like, well, why can't they come to some kind of poly arrangement? But that's, that's just what me. I thought as well. I mean, this is clearly the kind of ideal movie like Road to El Dorado that would end in a threesome. Ideally. <laughs> Ideally, oh, so it would just have the three of them running off to have adventures together and then marry all three of them. I love that we've just rewritten the end of the Road, road to El Dorado it was but, a threesome. But it, it was. could be. No, no, no. That's why I was saying before, like, I think one of them does get the girl, but that's not what it I remember. It doesn't actually matter because already, they all go off together. Don't, you don't have to pick one lady. You can have both. There's even the um the um the main gif that everybody uses from Road to El Dorado is the one where the two guys look at each other and then like look at the camera and they go yeah. both both is yeah good. both is good. <laughs> there you go. That's the summary of this movie. Both, both is both good. is good. All right. Uh, shall we wrap it up? Sure. I, two and a half stars. I haven't even thought about it. I don't know if I can give. I'm going to say two. Fair enough. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes, you can do that on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of The Book of Life or of any other movies she watched, you can do that on her blog, uh, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And you can find us all over social media. We are tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com for all your favorite Eldorado gifts. We are <laughs> – This is Book of Life, remember? Right. <laughs> Eldorado we- all the way. Uh, we are on Twitter at screen underscore queens and we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens. Anyway, thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.